This here episode here of the Major Spoilers Podcast is brought to you by the following. Robert Levi... Levi... Robert Reveille. Leville. That'll work. Robert Castlake. Thank you for being easier. Daniel Lager. Christopher Mathias. Alexander Diacon. Ethan Guberman. (laughs) Julia Hess. Adam Robinson. Daniel Evenson. Cross the road like butterflies. And William Gibson, the uh, famous writer of Noromancer, I believe. Each and every one of them fine and faithful spoilerites, and this one goes out today. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue i'm the best there is what i do and what i do isn't very nice in fact it's kind of not nice it's at best maybe brusque or antisocial but that's what happens when you're an immortal canadian super spy mutant immortal samurai berserker philosopher world war ii veteran who is also immortal with metal claws 19 dead ex-wives and more backstory than the entire legion of superheroes also i'm apparently a teacher now at one time nitro vaporized me and i totally regenerated in like five seconds so you know that happened so uh did I mention I'm the best there is at what I do there? Yeah, I did. Okay. Oh, in the 80s, I sounded Australian. And uh, yeah, the major spoilers podcast thing is on the air there. Welcome to issue 528 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading this free podcast and enjoying yourselves. Hopefully, uh, we'll bring you some good stuff a little bit later on as we talk about Wolverine and his adventures in Japan. But first, let's get to some news. Marvel wants to share your universe. Amazon Publishing launches Jet City Comics, and 20th Century Fox gives pilot approval for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen television series. Let's spin that Wheel of Destiny. See where it lands this week, Zach. I don't know. Where do you think it will? Oh, I think it's going to land right there on number three. 20th Century Fox TV drama is the studio's first big sale for the upcoming development season. Fox has uh, given a pilot commitment to a TV adaptation of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen based on the Moore and O'Neill graphic novel. It will be pinned by Green Lantern scribe Michael Green. Uh-oh. Whoa. Green will serve as the producer, or also known as the showrunner, and executive producer alongside uh, The Matrix's Erwin Stoff. It will center on the Victorian-era literary characters, including Captain Nemo, the Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde, as they team to fight a common enemy. 20th Century Fox TV will produce the project, and the commitment from 20th Century marks 20th's first significant drama sale for the forthcoming development season. Also marks Fox's first serious foray into graphic novel comic book realm, one that ABC is testing this fall with Marvel's series The Shield. Uh, Zach, did you watch the the Moore and O'Neill movie, The the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with uh, Sean Connery? I did, in fact, uh, because you oh, well, signed right. it to I me. Oh, signed it to you. There you go. In actual school. Yes, in actual school. Uh, so what do you think of this announcement? It's interesting. One, because ABC's doing The Shield, right. which everyone knows comes from the comics because of how big the Marvel movies have mm-hmm. been at the moment. Right. So... To people in the know, this is Fox's going into a comics realm with the League 
But to everyone else, I don't think it probably came off of or as that uh, the League is actually a comic book property. Probably not. Probably, especially not even from the movie. Maybe not. Yeah. So, I mean... I think It'll it's, be interesting I think it's way. interesting because not only are is uh, this uh, is a breaking story that's coming from uh, Variety, I think it's interesting not only because of their comparison with it's going up against The Shield, but also for the fact that we have uh, shows like Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. which is somewhat of a period uh, piece set, I don't know what it is, modern day retelling of fairy tales. Yeah. You watch that, don't you, Zach? No. no Rodrigo that's watches a it. Robin. I've, I've I've watched like, I've, I've watched a few episodes. Uh, Robin Brian, I think, watch it. What do you think of this announcement, Rodrigo? You're sweltering it's... over there in Russell, Kansas, today. Yes, yes, I am. Rain um, is coming your way. I promise you. That doesn't nece- that's not necessarily helpful because sometimes the storms move so fast that like the rain doesn't actually hit the town. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And uh, then just, it'll be hot, and then it'll be super humid on top. Yeah. So, and everything will be on fire from lightning. Yeah, and and there's some warnings for that too. But uh, I think I don't know. This could go one of two ways. Uh, I think that it could either be a new take on a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which would be bad because the original take from the comic was probably about the best you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, or it will be a similar take as uh, the one in the movie, which just leads me to believe that somebody hates this property and wanted to resurrect <laughs> it just so they could shoot it again. Yeah. Um, and by shoot it, I mean with a gun, not with a camera, because obviously that's going to happen. Um, so I don't know. I'm not like I'm not very excited about this. I think that the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a difficult property to do right. It's difficult to get that look. It's difficult to get the feel of the comic or just the feel of that Victorian era plus, you know, like that Victorian plus magic or mystery or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, so this for a TV series is going to be daunting and I do not think that they're going to be able to pull it off. Well, it is only for a pilot. That's the only commitment Fox has given to it right now. So it could mean that nothing will ever happen with this. Matthew, what about you? I would say that the odds are that nothing's going to happen because on, on top of the things that Rodrigo mentions, you have the fact that for all intents and purposes, this is a broken base already in terms of fans, because there are people who know the movie and, you know, there are people who love the comic. The comic is weird and deep and psychotic and pretty much unadaptable. You're going to have to do a lot of changing to make the comic into an adventure story, especially a serialized adventure story for regular consumption. I mean, your main characters well, are you know, some pretty messed up people. And, and that's probably why the comparison is there with the S.H.I.E.L.D., because S.H.I.E.L.D. is there to protect people from a series of crimes and events, much like this could be a series where they're protecting mm-hmm. you know, the think, crown from the Victorian events. The S.H.I.E.L.D. is the expectation that all comic book movies are the same. Maybe. But... I notice it doesn't. I, think that, I notice this list doesn't uh, list uh, Alan Quartermain in it, which is interesting. It also doesn't doesn't list Mina Harker. Yeah, that's true too. It does make you wonder. I mean, the, but, the, but, the thing about the league is that all these characters are theoretically in the public domain. Right. Interesting. Well, we'll see what happens. It doesn't say uh, when it would possibly air or anything like that. Uh, the pilot's got to get done. 
You know what I hope? Uh, this late to be developing something for the fall seems uh, kind of yeah, slapped, slapped together. This is a, a right. So it's, it's, it's sure. going to be a uh, spring launch, probably. You guys right. remember? You guys remember when they were uh, putting out the the movie, and um, I think somebody else like had the rights and was like aggressive enough about the rights to uh, the Invisible Man that they couldn't say like they were they were like. Mr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Alan Quartermain, an invisible man. Right, right, right. <laughs> not the. Right, not the invisible a. man. An invisible man. Right. Well, and the character in the movie had yeah. a different name. Yep, yep. Than the invisible yeah. man. And of course, if you remember the invisible man's actions and his rather bloody end in volume two, uh, suffice to say, it gets ugly. Yep. Um, I think there's a good reason why they didn't want that character in the film. Could be. Who knows? Anyway, we'll have uh, more on this as it develops over at Majorspoilers.com. And you can check out a whole bunch of other stories over at Majorspoilers.com. Lots of stuff going up each and every day as we approach the San Diego Comic-Con. Just, what, two weeks away now from the uh, the biggest time of the year. Isn't it two weeks or is it next week? week. Holy crap. 21st is next week. Yes. There are eyes getting stabbed and then people are slabbing no. their comics. Twenty first, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, so it so is next week. Eighteenth, eighteenth through. Oh, eighteenth, twenty first. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Man. that's like eleven days from now. Man, it's coming up yep. fast. Well, you right. know what they say about Comic Con? I'm sure you're going to tell us. No. Okay. Oh. Uh, you know. So. We were at Nerdtacular 2013 this past week, and uh, I got to sit on a panel about business of podcasting. Uh, as an impromptu panel, I had a lot of people turn out, a lot of people asking about it. I did record it, and uh, I'm going to see how good the audio is. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, mm. but uh, that may go up in the podcast feed uh, very soon. So be on cool. the lookout for that. Also, I uh, spent a little time with Rob and Rodrigo on the trip to and from Nerdtacular talking about new projects we've got planned for our subscribers. I got super excited about things that are coming up, and it's all due in part to those who've signed up so far to our subscription, our recurring donation. So thank you for the support. I, I really, I honestly, and people don't think I mean this, I, I really, really do appreciate everything that people have done. And, you know, one of the things that we're kind of growing, yeah. it's growing slowly, but the most important thing is that we're growing and another 50 ticks on our way to 6,000 in one week is really amazing. Totally. It really is. It's awesome. So thank you, listener, who contributed. I know we're going to make something special for you that you're going to want to listen to, that you're going to want to watch, and that you're going to want to participate in over at the member section of Majorspoilers.com. Uh, the big news that we didn't uh, announce uh, last uh, week on the show, uh, but we did put out on Twitter and a few other people have been talking about it, is Major Spoilers, as of July 3rd, 2013, is mm-hmm. now Major Spoilers Entertainment LLC. Woo-woo. that is big news. It may not mean a lot to you, the listener at the moment, but it does mean that we're getting ever closer to making everything we do for you, doing it on a full-time basis. So again, thank you. <clears throat> And if you're one of those people who haven't jumped on board yet, you better do it now, because I have a feeling comic prices are going to go on the rise. Oh, no. Your travel destinations are going to go on the rise. And when your comics go on the rise, it's going to take needed money away from your pocketbook, Zach. I don't like that. Yeah. Especially because you still carry around a pocketbook and all the little (laughs) girls are going, (laughs) Yeah, the Hello Kitty one I have. (laughs) So really, listeners, thank you so much for your support, and look for some more exciting news very, very soon. Let us get to some reviews. 
Oh man, coming up in a couple of weeks, Rodrigo, <clears throat> maybe next week, you are going to want to check out this book. Oh no, maybe it comes out this week. Kronos Commanders Dawn Patrol number one. This thing has a little bit of everything that I think you like, Rodrigo. Yeah. It's got dinosaurs. Cool. It's got time travel. Cool. And it's got Nazis. I'm not so keen on Nazis. Oh, okay. But what about the allies who go back in time to the dinosaur period to try to stop the Nazis from taking over the world? Wow. That's a that's a pretty <laughs> thorough plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I guess for whatever reason, the Nazis are going back in time doing weird experiments and, and using the disruptions in time to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And the allies have sent their own chrono commanders back in time to fight them. And this first issue is really more about setting up the landscape. So it's just basically four Marines trekking through the jungles of prehistoric times and getting picked off by dinosaurs one by one until there's only one left. And he stops the Nazis blows them up. But when he returns to his own time, the Nazis are attacking his uh, his time fortress. And Einstein is there going, you must go back. You must go back. <laughs> it's really cool. It's uh, the story is just very quick because there's just a lot of action of Marines shooting dinosaurs and dinosaurs ripping <laughs> people in half. And the art by Stuart, uh, I think his name is Jeanette, Stuart Jeanette. The art is really, really awesome. It's really detailed. It uh, kind of looks a little bit like the art that you would find inside the goon, but not mm. as uh, the palette isn't as uh, dreary and gruesome. It's a little bit brighter than that, but it still looks really, really good. This is out from Titan Comics this week. Chronos Commandos Dawn Patrol number one. Go check it out. It's probably going to be available through Comixology if you can't get it at your local comic book store. I say pick it up. I enjoyed it a lot. It's, I'm going to read the... Uh, the next issue in the series, I'm giving this one four slices of meatloaf out of five. Chronos oh, Commanders from oh, Titan nice. Comics. Really fun. Matthew, what did you read last week? Last week, I read a whole bunch of comics, and uh, they was like many of them. And I prepared for our dueling review of Avengers. No, I know. Aye! You know, people that are looking for that dueling review, uh, we got into the hotel on the 3rd, which was Wednesday night. And I made the Sasquatches attacked and Mm -hmm. caused an avalanche at the uh, resort that we were at. But I had called and talked to Matthew. And then when I hooked up my internet, just crappy ass slow internet at this resort, I guess they wanted you to go outside and do stuff and enjoy the beautiful weather (laughs) instead of sitting in your hotel room. Yeah, that was lame. Trying to Skype phone calls with somebody. So we didn't get the uh, dueling review done last week, but it was supposed to be what? Avengers IE number one. And so this is a Cthulhu story, right? Yes, it's Avengers IE. No, Cthulhu is stupid. This is Nanobots. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Coming out of uh, the Ultron, what was it? The Age of Ultron Imperative Initiative thing, whatever that was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We're, all, we're two next big things down the road. I, I forget what it was. Henry Pym, the former Ant-Man, the former Giant-Man, the former Goliath, the former Giant-Man again, the former Goliath again, the former Dr. Pym, the former Yellow Jacket, the former Giant-Man again, the former Ant-Man again. I think I covered it. He essentially, years and years ago, created an artificial intelligence known as Ultron. And Ultron is evil. Took over and the world. He took over, well, he took over a, an alternate future world where, where things were different and everybody acted like it was 2011. It was almost as if the book was delayed for a year for strange publishing reasons. But that couldn't happen because this is in the universe. So, Henry Pym 
defeated Ultron with the power of being a super genius. Now, in the Marvel Universe, being a super genius means three things. One, you're a polymath. Two, you're eccentric. And three, you always, always, always have superpowers. Nobody is just plain smart in the Marvel Universe. So Henry Pym is being upgraded to what we like to call... you hear that, Zach? You really want to live in the Marvel Universe. Yes. (laughs) The Reed Richards package. um, This issue begins with an explosion in a hospital. And then strange drone-type ships that look very much like, oh, I don't know, military drone units show up. And then, of course, we find out that Henry Pym is in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. I'm not sure how or why Henry Pym is in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody, but if you read my review of Avengers or Ultron, what was it? Age of Ultron number 10 IE a couple of weeks ago. uh, It's the issue that came after Age of Ultron. Basically repositioning Henry Pym, oddly enough, as Peter Parker, a wisecracking genius guy who has fun in his superhero identities, which is fine because, I mean, Spider-Man's not using Peter Parker right now. And this issue has this new fun-loving Henry Pym in action. Um, Basically, he grows and does all sorts of things. And then, of course, the new agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., who is played by Ming-Na, or is going to be played by Ming-Na, says that they need him to assist with this strange problem. And he starts calling in the experts. When you want to take down artificial intelligences like Ultron, who's the first person you call? Ghostbusters. Alternate reality Ultron. (laughs) Alternate reality Ghostbusters. How about Ultron's son? Batman. (laughs) Ultron. My next guest was going to be Ultron's girlfriend. Ultron Jr.? Ultron's girlfriend, Yocasta, is currently dead. However, Uh, you know who else you could call in? Batman. Ultron's Uh other son... Batman. Victor Mancha. <laughs> oh, the kid from Runaways? The kid from Runaways, yes. Which, technically, is gives this book some diversity. <laughs> and, of course, the third person you call in when you're trying to take down a megalomaniacal thing that wants to destroy everything and everyone. Reed Richards. A Doombot. Ah, Doombot. Okay. Mm. A Doombot. Basically, it is he. Hank Pym has rebuilt, with uh, new capabilities and technology, one of Dr. Doom's Doombots. And three, these three artificial intelligences are going out into action as Avengers. Aye! And so there's some fighty fighty and they beat up the drones. Something else. Now, I did complain a little bit about Henry Pym's upgrade. Something else that bothers me. They've upgraded the vision. Now, uh-huh. when you're a robot and you get an upgrade in the Marvel Universe... You don't get to be a super genius. Oh, no, 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 no. But you almost always end up with the ability to control other machines, shoot nanobots, and basically, you know, just grow anything you want out of your body parts. It was funny when they did it with Machine Man. It's not so funny here, mostly because I prefer Machine Man to Vision. Visually speaking, this issue is pretty cool. I like the art style. I like the fact that the Vision has been upgraded and he feels somehow bulkier and more like a, a, a superhero type figure than he has before. Always, you know, as a, as a separate player, the vision felt kind of tall and lean and lanky, kind of like your Gilligan build. They've upgraded the vision to full on Superman build. We're talking like George Reeves, barrel chested Superman, build, which is interesting. They're playing up the brother relationship. Those were air quotes, by the way. 
brother relationship between the Vision and Victor Mancha. And of course, they, the fact that there's a Doombot means that they can have the Doombot going, Arg, I hate you, I kill you all. The only problem I have with this is I'm not really sure what the conflict is or who they're fighting yet. And there's a mysterious character who shows up at the last part of the issue that basically fills out the... You remember the 80s cartoons where you always had like a brunette kid, a dark-haired kid, an African-American kid, uh, a, a Hispanic kid, and then you had like the one Tom dumb tag-long kid? Oh. You always have like that racially perfectly balanced group. They kind of have that here. They have, you know, the, the, the Doombot who's from Europe, and then they have Victor Mancha, and then they have the African-American robot who shows up at the end, of course. The Vision is red. So I don't know what that means. Maybe he's got a really bad sunburn. It's it's a good story. It's a good issue. Kind of shaky conceptually. I'm going to go with three slices of meatloaf for Avengers IE. In that I liked the story being told. I liked the character balance. And I liked what they were doing. But it feels like an inherently limited premise. Mm-hmm. And I feel like by upgrading the characters they did, A, I feel like it does Hank Pym a service, making him seem more awesome, but it does him a disservice in that in order to make him more awesome, you had to take pretty much everything that we knew about Hank Pym and retcon it away. Same goes with the vision. This is essentially an all new Hank Pym and an all new vision. And if that's a selling point for you, definitely check it out. If it's not, well, there you go. All right, that was out last week from Marvel Comics. Now that we've got one of our big two out of the way, it's time to dive back down into the unknowns. Way, 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 way down, Rodrigo, into Lodi Publishing, or Lodi Publishing, with Order and Chaos number one. Right. Order and Chaos number one of three. Uh, Let's see. By Fred Bolos, I, I believe. He's a writer. Um, Sure, we'll go with that. So this is a book about a person who loves chaos. He likes to make things explode and destroy them. And he gets hired out by a militia group to blow up, to basically help them take over a city. And then that happens, more or less. Um... (laughs) It's, uh, the art is interesting. It's not, um, I mean, there's really nothing wrong with it. It's stylized enough that you can get away with, like, slightly weird proportions. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes when we have close-ups, they look a little strange. Um, and, and not, not necessarily, they don't, that doesn't necessarily seem to be on purpose. But, you know, there's scenes where things are blowing up and people are running and, Things are kind of um, like uh, like the, the 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 shapes of people's bodies are like weird, and that does seem to be like oh, it's because an explosion is happening, and this is kind of how you would you know probably perceive it. Right. Um. The the dialogue kind of leaves a little to be desired. Um, there are times when it's like weirdly repetitive. Um. Trying to. Uh, well, never mind. 
Uh, okay. I, I mean, I, I don't have anything in, in front of me, but there were times where it's like, like the same word would appear like four times in a sentence mm. where they could have just been like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, we have to this, defeat the matrix because the matrix is dangerous as the matrix. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. For as long as the matrix is on, we'll always have to fear the matrix because it's dangerous like a matrix would be. Um, you know, all in all, there's a roughness to this that's probably not necessarily intentional. Um, on top of that, this is really not a story that I'm interested in. The main character appears to be 100% a complete jerk with no redeeming qualities other than being, other than having an awesome haircut. Yeah. And that's just kind of not enough for me. Um, altogether, I'd probably give this two slices of meatloaf. Um, there's nothing actually wrong with it. I'm just uh, not uh, not into the story, and I think it could use like you know subsequent issues could could probably use a little bit more time, or maybe like one other person um, being involved in the art and or editing. Sure. All right. Well, that's not too bad. It's an indie comic. Got a two star rating. That's not still not too bad. Worse than a yeah. zero rating. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, the, definitely, if you're into war comics, like modern warfare-type comics, mm-hmm. then then you should definitely um, keep an eye out for this, because you might actually be into it. All right, cool. All right, let's climb back up the ladder to uh, Marvel once again, Zach. Finally, yeah. your turn. You've been sitting here waiting patiently. Very patiently. With your, uh, you're trying to mimic <laughs> with, uh, the white uh, headphones and my white headphones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to be overt. Yeah. in your uh, enjoyment of another person to try to better your stance okay. in their life. All right. Let's take a look at uh, the superior foes of Spider-Man number one. Let's do that. Uh, I am not caught up in Superior Spider-Man. I uh, stopped reading it a while ago. How dare you? Uh, not by it sucked, but mainly I got really busy with school and haven't picked it back up yet. But the good thing is you don't need to know anything about Superior Spider-Man and what's happening right now to enjoy this issue. In fact, I'm pretty sure they just put Superior Spider-Man on there to, (laughs) one, enrage people about the whole Superior Spider-Man thing, and to get people to buy it because it said Spider-Man. Because what this book is about is the new Sinister Stick 6, who has five people in it. Boomerang, Shocker, Overdrive, Speed Demon, and Beetle. Oh, there's a six coming. Oh, of course. They, yeah. they, they they address the only being five in this issue. And our main uh, focus for this issue is, I, I would say, the unofficial leader of the new Sinister Sticks, Six, Boomerang. Uh, and he laments the fact that no one actually knows who he is, so he gives a, a story of where he came from. He actually used to be a pitcher in the major leagues, but he got into some bad people and had to throw some games. There was a scandal, ah, scandal. And then these weird people came to him, and then he became the boomerang, and then got a sweet new costume after he made some money. He calls it sweet. It's it's somewhat cool. It's not. Is the it the, white, the big white puffy sleeves? Uh, the big white puffy sleeves. Uh, huh. kind of. There's white shoulder Stripes. pads and blue sleeves, and then white gloves. So, if that's the one you're thinking of, there you go. All right. That's that's not his original costume. No. It, he, he he put down payment on a new one. Anyway, so this uh, issue is about him trying to get his other superior 
foes to help him break out of jail, but more specifically, feed his bird while he is in jail, which leads to his friends figuring out there's this other plot where he's trying to buy his way out of jail through Hammerhead and all these other mob people, and they get upset, blah, 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 blah. I liked it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I kind of, I've liked the whole drive for street-level heroes, and in this case, villains. And it's obvious in these issues that these guys, and and girl, know they are not the top rung of the supervillains in the Marvel Universe. And they're somewhat okay with that, but they want to try to work their themselves up to be on the level of all the Doom and, well, not really Doc Ock at the moment, but all the other people. And it has, it just has that nice flair. People have compared it to the uh, supervillain version of Hawkeye, the current uh, one that's going on right now. Yeah, and I would agree. It has, has a nice little uh, Hawkeye flavor going on with it. So I think if if you like Hawkeye, what's happening right now and that, you'll enjoy this. Nick Spencer writes this series, which is the main reason I picked it up, because I think Nick Spencer is putting out some really great work at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I believe this deserved a reading. Steve Lieber, or Lieber. Lieber. Lieber, there you go. Does the art. And I also... No, no relation to Stan. Okay, that's good. Uh, art's good. It's consistent throughout. And doesn't make me hate this book. But doesn't make me love it just from the art alone. So the art's there, and it's nice. I'm See, enjoying Stan, this title. Stanley Lieber is Stanley's real name. Oh, that's interesting. There you go. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to keep reading this. I enjoyed it enough to give it a couple issues. Three and a half slices of the old meatloaf for me on the superior spose foes of Spider-Man. The, the Sinister Sticks. The Sinister you can Five. Get Johnny, you can get those at Johnny Carino's with a side of uh, Jack sauce, I think. Interesting. All right. Thank you so much for that, Zach. And listeners, if you want to head over to Majorspoilers.com, you can find a lot more reviews over there. Just saying. I was, I'm really surprised a lot of people are like, oh, I don't go to your website. If you go to the don't go to the website, you're missing out on like ninety percent of what Major Spoilers is. So much, so much, so more. much more over at Majorspoilers.com. And how else are you going to use our Amazon link if you don't go over to Majorspoilers.com? Agreed. Click on that Amazon.com link and then buy something cool. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, mm, maybe the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen on DVD. Maybe. No. If you want to do that, I guess oh, you don't could. Don't do that. Get it in trade paperback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trade paperback. Yeah, That's the movie adaptation yeah. in trade paperback. Maybe you want to buy a new pair of no. sunglasses or some clothes for the mm. upcoming Labor Day holiday. White. I don't remember. You're supposed to wear white after or Isn't before. Like three months from I don't now? remember. People, do, people want to have time to You have purchase. to plan, Matthew. Yeah. Put out it's not like you're going to just wake up in the morning and go, hmm, I wonder what outfit I will wear today. I think I will go to Amazon. Exactly. It doesn't oh, work that exactly way. I, I call do. my mom every night at 10.30 a.m., 10.30 p.m. and say, Mom, what am I wearing tomorrow? And she tells me. <laughs> and I know what I need to do in the morning, Matthew. And then if Zach needs to, he can go to Amazon.com, click on that link, make a purchase. A little bit comes our way, helps yeah. us move this whole major spoilers entertainment LLC forward. 
I like saying that. Major Spoilers <laughs> Entertainment LLC. LLC. MSLC. I loved LLC back when he was uh, rapping in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I had, yeah. A, re- I had a really Not bad experience with LLC in college. Oh yeah, what happened? <laughs> now that he's on NCIS, though, he's better. Uh, just a I, quick I had uh, some LLC, and I couldn't find my eyeballs. <laughs> Just a quick uh, production note. If you hear any noise in the background, it's super hot where we're at today. It's like 111 whenever I got out of work today. So some of that noise you may be hearing in the background is Rodrigo's fan. I'm I'm trying to process as much of it out as possible. But if a little bit slips by, now you know what it is. In fact, maybe you could buy Rodrigo a new fan through that link over at Amazon.com. And I do, and I do apologize for that, but um, I just didn't want Rodrigo driving I, through a storm. So yeah, I have like I have like three fans in my house. I'm down to one, and I'm I, I have the least noisy one. So I'm like I'm gonna be, be like ten pounds lighter by the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's you actually know, not a bad idea. I guess not. When we were uh, going to Nerdtacular and also coming back, we had a lot of uh, interesting conversation. And one topic that lasted a long time was our discussion of gaming stores. You know, just a store that's dedicated to gaming. And every year when we go to Salt Lake City, we make a point of stopping in at my at uh, Game Haven. Yeah. And picking up a bunch of stuff. This time around, I went and picked up uh, Munchkin Quest 2, Looking for Trouble. This is the expansion for the board game. Mm-hmm. So we may be playing that in the future. Also picked up yes. Shea Goth, uh, which is based on the Shea Geek game that we played a few, I don't know, weeks ago, months ago, depending yeah. on when you're listening to it over on Munchkin Land. I also found and pick up this game from Cryptozoic called Lock and Key, the game, Ooh. which uh, the Spags picked up and opened it up and said it was a little bit more complicated than they thought it was going to be. Mm. So I don't know about that, but we're going to we're gonna crack this open and play it here so- soon. Right on. And then I got this game called Timeline, where you try to take all of your cards and put them down in the order that the events happened in history, mm. which could be oh. kind of cool. So... I'm looking forward to that. The cards are a lot smaller than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. But uh, it looks like something that's for ages 8 plus. So it's a good uh, learning tool as well. Because they're all historical events. So Sounds like something yeah, people but, should do in high school. Well, probably. <laughs> but, you know, this discussion of, of going to game stores and everything uh, made me realize that, you know, in Hayes, we don't have a store that is dedicated to gaming. No, we do not. Which brings us to that point in the show where Matthew it's jumps time. in. Yes, it is. For the millions in attendance, and for four to six players, it's time for the major spoilers for the week, 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 week. This, this timeline game says it's uh, for uh, two to eight players. It takes about 15 minutes to play. Nice. And then they have all these expansions. There's like four different sets that you can combine. Every time the game says this number of minutes... Multiply by by one point five and a factor. I think it. I think it depends on. I think it just depends on how many people are in the game. Yeah. Uh, because most of the time it seems to time out just right for us. I think. Yeah. If there's more than four people, I add an extra thirty minutes per person. I had extra, and if one of them is Carl, I actually just throw on another hour just to be safe. I had an extra thirty minutes for every expansion of Munchkin. Yeah, basically. So this week. The question is, is there a dedicated game store, not a video game store, and not a comic book store that also has a game section, but a de- get a dedicated game store within 50 miles of your home? Zach, what is your answer? Is it, I just would like to say this is going to be an interesting panel, because, considering most of us live within 50 miles of each other. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of going to have... Uh... <laughs> 
It's gonna, it's gonna and, be, it's gonna be sweet. Given the answer that to this yes. One. So the, my answer would be no. All right. My answer is also no. Interesting. Uh, not saying that we don't have places that sell board games, but yes, we have one. Well, Walmart. If you count Walmart, I don't. And Hastings, but I really, Hastings. I don't because it's not a dedicated <laughs> gaming store. I'm talking about a game where you can go and you can pick up all these games are just sitting on the shelf, just going, Stephen, please take us home and play and enjoy us. Rodrigo, what about you? You're closer to Salina. Is that within fifty miles? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Salina's still ninety miles from uh, Russell. From Russell, yeah. So, so also no. Um, although, actually, I I used to because um, in uh, Great Bend there used to be a store that was like a collectible store, and they did have some comics. But it was mostly collectible cards. So they had some baseball stuff. Oh, they had yeah, yeah. like magic cards and like that old like werewolf uh, game rage and stuff like that. So, but the guy ended up just selling out his stock and um, selling the place. So mm. now I don't even have that uh, going for me anymore. Yeah, I guess the closest one to us is in Salina, according to Rob. The closest dedicated gaming store is that far away, 150 mm. miles away from us. They, yeah, they do. But, I mean, that's the thing is, it's actually going to be fairly difficult to find a completely dedicated gaming store. I think you, you'd you have to count a, a store as a gaming store where, you know, it's like if 70% of the product is yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're going to... Well, but even my game... Game Haven has, game Haven has a, like a spinner rack of comics. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. But I wouldn't call it a comic book store. Oh, right, certainly exactly. not. So I, I would say, for for the purposes of this question, we'd count like if it's just the majority of the product is games, right? Because you know, it's like, oh, I found a DVD. You're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Matthew? What do you have there in Topeka? Well, I think that this is a dumb question. Why? Be- because of where I work. You are not. You're more comics than games, and you don't have any of the games that I listed on your shelves. Okay. You have, but here's here's the thing. Comics make up about forty percent of our monthly sales. Mm-hmm. The remaining sixty percent is games. So, first, I'm probably if I were going to say, "Hey, there were a game store," I'm certainly not going to tell you about it because of the competition. And secondly, this is important to me. I have in my entire forty-two years on planet Earth been in precisely one store that just sold games and that was a store that bruce and i went to in uh, denver colorado mm-hmm. every other gaming store i've ever been in has always been a gaming and comics or gaming and video gaming type store so mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever been in a standalone gaming store so you're not even going to say if you have one in your area i don't think i do I, i'm gonna bet that you, I, there's gotta be i would one be very you. very surprised uh, if not necessarily do. There aren't any other comic stores in Topeka. The gaming stores that I know of in uh, Lawrence either, well, one of them closed. One of them has tons and tons and tons of comics. And the third one is actually part of a, or was, it's closed now too, part of a bookstore Mm. where the games weren't actually the primary thing. I think that, honestly, I don't think I have seen a standalone gaming store in years and years, certainly not on this side of the state, but you know, I could be wrong. Somebody could go check the the entire webs and find out, but I'm not aware of any. There's, I mean, there are games at you know 
the the second hand gaming shop. Yeah, that yeah, has yeah. The, the comics. Yeah, I'm just talking about like a, a dedicated gaming store where you can go in and you can go buy, you know, your board games, your D and D, your magics, all that stuff at one place. We got and all that. You don't have to worry about. Um, you've got Farkle. Yeah, actually, we do. Do you? Do you got? Um, do you got Shay, Shay Cthulhu? Uh, we have. Is that the same as Munchkin Cthulhu? I know we have no. Shay Geek and Shay Goth. Yeah, you don't have Shay Cthulhu. I I don't know what it is. Okay, it's like those I, two. Isn't it a spinoff of the yeah. Shay things? Well, I can get it too. It's called Amazon.com. There's a link right there on Majorspoilers.com. <laughs> but I'm saying that I have Shay Geek, so I'm sure that we may have such a thing. Okay. I honestly don't spend a lot of time on the gaming portion of the store simply because my time in the store is generally spent back in the back in the last six to eight weeks. I've been surrounded by literally thousands of comic books. So you're a comic book store. Uh, <laughs> Russell, we are not. Matthew, Matthew doesn't go into the Matthew doesn't go into the gaming portion of the store because there's actually a gaming Matthew that works there. And they <laughs> His have name to fight. is Chris. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we have, have to, to fight, fight if they're in the same room. We have to fight for dominance, and then yeah. you know he'll he'll be like, "Well, did you know that you can only have four of these in your magic deck?" And I'm like, "Well, did you know that the boomerang's original costume was so hideous that the Hulk laughed at him?" Uh, Russ Cat from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada says, "Life in my city is pretty good for a nerd. We have two very good dedicated gaming stores, and the comic book store stores are also very game friendly." We had a gaming cafe open a month ago, and it is a very good food menu, which math matches its plethora of games. That sounds awesome. Uh, Alien says there's one within that distance, but it isn't very good, and there is no good comic store in that range. The best comic store and game store is Comic Quest in Evansville, which is about if 90 miles away. they have both, away. it doesn't count by your rules. Yep. There are a few gaming stores probably within 15 miles, given my nearest shopping center is Mall of America, so I might uh, be an outlier here. Two or three or four, if you count the game's workshop store, not the benefit of living in a university town. I don't know what that last part means. Uh, I voted no, but I should have voted yes because I did forget about a store. We do have a, we do have several hobby shops, but only one shop dedicated completely to games. However, I let it fall on my ra- fall off my radar due to the customer service and poor attitude from the owner and employees. I voted no, but should have voted yes because I, I did forget just, about the store. Just copy and pasted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shame when you've got poor customer service. That sucks. Ruining a store experience for people. Nobody has time for that. Uh, Alicia says, there used to be two in my town, but they're not there anymore. They closed within six months of one another. One was mostly tabletop minis, RPGs, and similar games. The other was mostly trading card games. They should have combined, and they probably would have been the greatest the game store in all of the world. Uh, Frank says, I'm north of Atlanta. There are several excellent gaming shops in addition to gaming slash comic shops. Dr. Nose and Gigabytes come to mind. Alas, no, not a dedicated gaming store, says Cat Halo. You can pick up the stuff in a comic store, and there is at least one Warhammer store in town. There's a just, uh, my sister lives in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. and and from, and they are on the side of uh, Cheyenne Mountain. Mm-hmm. And when you're on the back porch, you can look down into the valley, and right at the bottom of the mountain, it's like five minute drive from their house, is a dedicated gaming store there. Mason and I went to it, and um, they had they were a lot of uh, the um, RPG games in there, but they uh-huh. had a pretty good selection of other games as well, and they were doing quite well. And so nice. we've we've been back a couple of times in the last year and a half uh, th- since I've discovered that store, and it's still going strong. Cool. So Matthew, I, I'm still offended that you. 
rejected my store. <laughs> no, because every time I've gone in there, it's been mostly comics, and you have one little quarter section dedicated to selling minis and magics, and that's about it from all I remember. Yeah, we've got like eight cases of magic cards. We just bought uh, new uh, display cases as well. Oh, okay. Well, I'll oh, have to go look the next time I'm in Topeka. Yeah, you'll have to. All right, so what are the rest Ask of the major spoilers nation? Right now, I'm showing 118 votes in the bag. And strangely enough, three more just popped up while I was pushing the button. 77% of 121 people saying, yes, there is a dedicated game store, not video game. Note that the question doesn't necessarily say no comments. Within 50 miles of your home, only 22% saying no. 1% saying, I don't know, I've never looked. That 1% kind of makes you wonder what they're doing at Major Spoilers. But welcome, and we love you. Yeah, maybe they're just here for the uh, for the comic books. I'm not just saying. All right, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can cast your vote, share your thoughts. If there's a, get a dedicated gaming store in your area. I just like going into that game haven because there's just so many different things that you've never heard of. So many cool things. Yeah, and you could just, at the, we at literally the spend an hour there. Here mm. or in Kansas City. Yeah, there that's probably isn't. Yeah, that's just dedicated games. Maybe we have now, to There are some that. great game stores in Kansas City, but they almost all have comics as yeah. well. We may have to fix that, Zach. Hmm. All right, let us take a quick break. What do you mean you don't think we can? I, d- I don't think that, the, the, I think part of the reason the dedicated gaming stores are so few and far between just dedicated gaming stores around this type of this area is because of the profit margin. And I think that's why you see them split as game comics or game video games or game I, bookstores. No, I think it's that the people who are running it, I think whoever said a, a minute ago in the comment section, poor customer service. There's two things, poor customer service and location are going to kill you every time. And if you don't advertise and let people know about your product, they're never going to find your store. There is a there is a sad uh, correlation, or if not correlation, then um, like definitely a, a pattern you see both for gaming stores and for comic book stores when new ones open, where you know it pops up, you see no advertisement for it, yep. you don't hear anything about it, and next time you next time you swing by, they're closed. Yeah. Yep. And and for a dedicated gaming store, you know the easiest way to get your dedicated gaming store to work. Market it to the middle schools. Bam. Family night. You know, everybody's like, oh, you got to have a family night. Go play board games. Well, guess what? Our store has the board games you want. Or, you know, raffle off uh, or make it a prize. Like, give one away to every grade. Uh, and then, you know, tell the parents, hey, come in and we'll teach you how to play the game. Heck yeah. So the, the answer to possible non-profitability is giving away stock. Did you Did you not hear the second part? Go ahead, tell me. I just told you. You tell the parents, you come into the store, we will teach you how to play this game for free. Because getting the people to the store is how you're going to make the sale. Because then they're going to wander around, they're going to look around and go, oh, there's Yahtzee. Oh, there's such and such. Oh, there's that. Let me make this purchase. I'm so bad at such and such. I know. Rob always just beats me. That's because Rob cheats. Anyway, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk Claremont and Miller Wolverine. Stick around. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. 
The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Nobody called in this week. No. Cat Halo didn't write, uh, phone in with any of his uh, email uh, reviews or anything. Shame on him. Maybe he was busy. That's okay. It gives us plenty of time to talk about our uh, book of the week. But listeners, if you want to contribute to the show in some way, shape, or form, all you need to do is call our Major Spoilers hotline. That number is... 785-727-1939. The Major Spoilers. Should I do my Irish accent? Hotline. And listeners, if you want to check out a pair of great headphones, I've got these headphones. I use these headphones all the time. Uh, They're easy to pop in and yank out when someone comes into my office and I just look at them and go, what? What do you want now? (laughs) The best part about these headphones, though, is that if you don't want to listen to people coming into your office to bring you down. (laughs) Don't bring me down. Then they're great because they have noise reduction design. And they block out all the chitter chatter of people who should be working yeah. instead of talking in the office. Think college students with their face and their head. A lot of different styles, a lot of different colors. You can get these <laughs> at tweakedaudio.com. And best of all, tweaked audio, they're so good to us. They're giving you a discount, listeners, 30% Woo. off when you use the checkout code MAJOR at tweakedaudio.com. That means you're only paying 60% of the regular price. You're only paying 60% wow. of regular price. It's a pretty good deal. More like 70% of regular. Oh, yeah, Zach. crap. Shh. God dang it. Shite. What about 34 states <laughs> illegal, Zach? What about the other 34? 24. 60% of the regular price would be a pretty good deal, though. Yes, it would be if they were giving 40%. Sadly, you only get 70%. And you know what? If you order your thing, I think you need to make Zach pay God. the additional 10%. Hmm. <laughs> Zach yeah, Zach's Wolf will be PayPal account number is <laughs> seven. Dot, dot, dash. Yes, head over to tweakedaudio.com. 30% off, Zach, when you use the checkout code MAJOR. All right, let's talk about the Claremont Miller Wolverine run, four-issue miniseries. Claremont Miller Wolverine doodar. I had to do it. Yeah, Zach's handing me a dollar right now. Um, You you give me stuff that fits you a dollar. (laughs) I called it. Well, I'm holding it for you because I'm sure I will see you before Zach does. Lies. Lies and prevarications. All right. So this is supposedly the story where we find out that Wolverine had a life in Japan. And uh, Matthew, give us a rundown of this story. Wolverine <laughs> had a life in Japan. Well, actually, it's, it's, it's kind, kind of dumped of- on you really quick, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's just like the- there's a pile of letters there, including one from Mariko. Mariko, and uh, we used to have a thing, so I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to go to Japan now. The thing about it is that in the early X-Men stories, especially in Claremont's X-Men, a lot of times the exposition would happen like that. So you'd be going along and somebody would say, did I tell you that my big brother was a cosmonaut who died horribly? And it would be like 10 or 15 years before you actually heard anything more about Colossus's big brother who was a cosmonaut. So when we discover that Wolverine has the whole... uh, you know, lost bride in Japan thing. There's actually a two issue arc of X-Men uncanny X-Men with art by Paul Smith, who I love, uh, that takes the entire X-Men team to Japan. That's after though, this run, right? But that's the story that I read first. Oh, okay. (laughs) And that's the story 
that I think is better. And then Wolverine goes to Japan and then fighty fighty and ninjas and choppy choppy. And he's the best there is of what he does. Should point out, depending on which version of this book you're reading, you may or may not have Uncanny mm. X-Men number 172 and 173 in it. In the print right. copy, in the trade paperback version that we have a link to on the major spoiler site uh, that takes you to the Amazon store, it includes the four-issue mini plus uh, 172 and 173 of Uncanny X-Men. Over right. on Comixology, if you buy the digital version of this, we don't get any uh, kickback for that, by nope. the way. It only has the four issue run of of the uh, well the should, entire right tire run which is that. which is really interesting because if you buy it on Comicsology which is where I read it uh, it has the jacket for like the yeah, regular yeah. trade paperback and it says collecting Wolverine number one through four and Uncanny X Men one seventy two to seventy three but no, it doesn't actually doesn't actually include no, that no it doesn't not so at they all. just took the art and stuck it on there and only put four issues of Wolverine inside of it man and it it does kind of make sense though does your uh, does your comic book store matthew have a uh, affiliate with comiXology because you have don't to be a, you have to be a comic book store in order to get the kickbacks according to i i don't think so I, I i heard some discussion about whether it was going to be a thing or not and then i haven't heard anything so that doesn't necessarily mean that it hasn't happened i think it just means that i don't know about it so i'm gonna go with no okay uh, so Wolverine is all shooken up about, uh, he's all shook up about the love Aww. of his life. She's been Michael. married to some jerkweed. Shingen. Who beats her. Mm-hmm. And her father is some big boss. Yes, the head of the Yoshida crime family. Come back, he came back from the dead. <laughs> he's a zombie. He's, he's he a zombie. <laughs> well, Wolverine tries to kill him several times and doesn't. <laughs> Until the very end, well, he takes and his head off, and that's how you kill a zombie. Right. See, my problem that I have is... Controvertible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how can you argue that? <laughs> when it comes to Wolverine's story, there are a lot of Wolverines out there in terms of who's writing what and when. And I, when I was a kid, was a, a big fan of classic X-Men which I was reading alongside regular X-Men. Yeah. And one thing that classic X-Men did was throw a whole lot of backstory into Wolverine in those original tales. Yeah. So I have a problem actually knowing what order these things actually took place. But here's what we do know. Okay. Wolverine. At this time, he didn't know that his name was Jimmy. And he had just been nearly eaten by an alien from space. And uh, he proposed to his girlfriend, and she said, no, I don't love you. I'm not going to marry you. And then there was some fighty-fighty, and uh, I think his his uh, former mentor possessed Kitty Pride, which that's what you want when you want you know to be a former mentor to kill people, is you want the, the preteen uh, girl from Chicago, because clearly she can outfight anybody. And <laughs> I'm not sure what that's all about. And then there's the fighty-fighty. It's not in the book I read. It's not no, not all in the book I read. No. A lot of that may actually be backstory. So we got that going for you, which is okay. nice. that's the Kitty Pride and Wolverine series too, which came out just after this one. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Zach, what happens? So Wolverine goes to Japan to find this lovely lady. Yes. She's married. He gets upset. Everyone tries to kill everyone. Pretty much. Somewhat happy ending. 
Yeah. Because yeah, they announced they're, in, right. they're going to get married. Right. Did you like the story, Zach? No. How come? It's Wolverine. Everybody likes Wolverine. I especially well, like the Wolverine that fought the, uh, the Russian invasion in uh, Colorado in that mm, one movie. Interesting. Yeah. He was played by Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blew himself up at the end. Just speaking oh, from spoiler. I'm oh. sorry. It's a forty year old movie by now, isn't it? <laughs> Dang. But there was a new one last year that's well within the spoiler limit. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's just move on. I think people would sooner forget that movie. So just ju- not taking art into this. Story wise, I didn't like this book because I got finished with the second issue. And I didn't realize why I cared who Wolverine ended up with in the first place. Yeah, because he was with that other girl. Yeah, he was with that girl. Or he thought he loved this other girl. And I don't. I never had a reason to want Wolverine to be with this girl who was married. And then I realized the only reason that we're told that we should want Wolverine to be with the first lady is because she was married against her will and she was being beaten by her dad and husband which I thought was stupid because you shouldn't have to inflict harm of that manner against someone to make me feel like she should be with Mr. Claus Mr. Claus oh wow what a great name <laughs> um, is his first name Santa no it's Wolver yeah. Wolver Claws. <laughs> Wolver Claws. <laughs> Wolver T. Claws. Wolver T. Claws. Before he uh, found out his name was Logan, it was Wolver yes. T. Claws. It's there. What's Trust it? me. It's I, I think it's canon. Read between the panels, Matthew. It's there. <laughs> Man, you're giving Matthew the schooling this week on comics, aren't you, Zach? Oh, don't I've been reading these things for so <laughs> Do long. Do not encourage So him. long, Bob Matthew, I've been reading. <laughs> Yes, Bob Snicket was his name before he changed it to Wolver T. Claus. Lem- Lemony Snicket. I like this character way more. Um, he was a uh, wasn't Bob Snicket the host for America's Funniest Home Video. Uh, he works blue now. I hear anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so you didn't you didn't care whether he ended up with either either person. No, especially the second lady. She was just evil. Well, she was only doing what she was told. Well, no, that's dumb. But I just, the problem with... Weren't you happy at the end, though, where he went in and killed killed the, uh, what's her name, Mariko? No. As father, and then she's like, I've seen you in your berserker mode, of course I'll marry you. No. <laughs> I didn't really care. I said, why? Why would you want to be with him? Rodrigo, can you, can you add some, some perspective onto Zach's view? Uh, yes. Okay. You see, Zach, in yes. Japanese culture, things happen. In comic book Japanese culture, culture this happens. Oh. <laughs> I think uh, the this story is very much one that is trying to make Wolverine, on top of everything else that he is, into kind of a, 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 a white knight. Right, um, a noble samurai. Right, role. right. On, on top of everything else that he is, 
So, you know, everybody's bound by duty to follow the, the steps that are followed. Yes. Uh, until it comes down to the very end. And because basically because Wolverine does the dance, then he gets the girl, you know, because he doesn't break the, uh, the code of honor. He, he still gets, gets the girl. And, and it, it does generate some interesting situations. Like, um, you know, they have a, him and, uh, Mariko's father have a fight in which, you know, they're fighting with wooden swords, but he knows how to use the, the, the father knows how to use the swords in such a way that they can actually kill him. Right. So Wolverine mm-hmm. is, resorts to using his claws, which like this gives him 10 dishonor, dishonor. points mm-hmm. and, uh, Hufflepuff pulls ahead. Right. No! It's all right. There's a troll in the dungeon. It'll be all right. So does it then uh, work out in the end, in your view, uh, Rodrigo, about uh, who Wolverine ends up with or doesn't end up with? Uh, I'm As far as that, I'm kind of with Zach on that one. I mean, and it's probably because I going in, I knew that it, like it's it's not going to last. Like I, I, I knew kind of how the story turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime that you're that, that a guy like Wolverine or Batman or your, your brooding types end up even like a daredevil end up with a girl, uh, you know that it's not in any way going to last because they're, they would get less broody. Oh yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I would actually kind of would have, except for the fact that she was like a total psycho, would have preferred that he ended up with the uh, cat suit lady. Um, uh, Yukio. Yeah, Yukio. Yukio. It's funny because I think her name means snowman. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought so, yes. Because she's also a crazy assassin like him. I think they, yeah, would, yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> they would be better for each other. And and she probably wouldn't get murderized later, um, or as murderized. Yes, or as murderized later. Uh, honestly, she probably would. I think Matthew, with all this, with all this talk about uh, this Wolverine movie coming up mm-hmm. that takes place in Japan, and it seems to have maybe something similar along the same lines as what we're seeing here, except for the, I'm going to take away your power and the appearance mm-hmm. of the Silver Samurai. Is this an important story in comics history? Why or why not? Oh, absolutely. And here's the reason why. We've talked about, you know, and I made a long and involved joke about all the things that Wolverine has been since 1973. But this is the first thing that he was that was actually defined. Wolverine was a minor member of a minor supergroup in 1975. And when that group started to become popular, everybody went, oh, we're going to take notice of this. And then they started noticing the character of Wolverine. And Wolverine right. had always been just this guy. He was Bob's he snake. was the, the bullheaded guy. Right. He was the Green Arrow. He was the Hawkeye. He was the Johnny Storm. He was the standard archetype. But then, you know, during the Death of Phoenix storyline, we had that issue where they finally went, this guy has swords on his hands. What does that really mean? And they let him fight the uh, assassins, the Hellfire assassins in the sewers. Right. Where he just completely guts and slashes these people to pieces. And that's the moment where you see that, oh, this is what Berserker Rage really means. Not just the Cyclops is going to talk him down, but this is what happens when he follows through. This story is the first time that we see the character trying to, I think, 
actively defy that nature, that, that character. And I think that this is important, not just because of what it defines for Wolverine for the first time. It makes him the character that we know today by putting the, okay, I have these urges, these rages, and I fly off the handle, but I have this Zen core that I'm trying to use and this code of, you know, this samurai code of honor that I try to follow. This is the, the miniseries that really launches the next 25 years of comics. Your anti-heroes, the guys with the guns and the claws and the teeth that we mock in the 90s, those sold a lot of comics. They moved tons and tons of books, and they changed the nature of comic book storytelling to the point where Wolverine was once considered too wild to even be a good X-Man. Mm-hmm. Now, Wolverine is an, an inherent piece, a necessary piece of Marvel's top-tier teams. There are three X-Men teams and two Avengers teams that have him on there because he is an integral, integral, integral. He's an important, central, pivotal part sure. of what the superhero is perceived to be now. I Guys like Deadpool wouldn't exist without him. I think I'm kind of in the middle on all this. It's like, I didn't hate the story. I didn't like the story. It was just kind of there as a story. Mm-hmm. I, I think it kind of was jarring and jumpy in a lot of places. I don't think it's a, a particularly <sighs> transcendent piece of storytelling. I right. think that it's it's Miller being Miller. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, we've yeah, heard what... So. Yeah, you've heard what I think. You know, we, I think we've... Re- haven't we covered both The Dark Knight and Sin City in the past? Oh, I know Miller, we've done Dark Knight, but I, I don't know. Yeah, we've definitely done City. Dark Knight. Yeah. I, there's a point where Miller being Miller just makes me roll my eyes and sit back and wait for the testosterone level to lower. This is a little bit more restrained, and I, I actually blame that restraint on Chris Claremont. But I think that when you come right down to it, this story isn't necessarily the best story in the world. But I think that this is the story that ended the Bronze Age. Mm, you think and so? Created, yeah, this is the story that ended the Bronze Age. Now, I'm not saying that this is the last comic that I would consider a Bronze Age comic. I think that there are comics in 87, 88, 89 that are still Bronze Age comics. But this is the book that ended that era of comic storytelling. Mm. This became the platform for the new, what I still, you know, 20 years later, I still consider it to be the modern era of comics starting in about 1990. How come? Because I, uh, if you look at the golden age, the golden age to me is defined by Batman, Batman being a two fisted vigilante, blah, 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 fish cakes. The silver age to me is defined by Superman flying through the sun to clean his cape. The bronze age is Spider-Man wisecracking and having deep character moments and having, you know, his girlfriend die on the bridge. But that Bronze Age has a, still a little bit of Silver Age to it, a little bit of that we are good people and we have to do good people. And if we do these things, if we kill, if we, you know, if we respond in certain ways, it makes us not heroes anymore. Mm-hmm. This book and this character Wolverine ended that thought process and gave us right. the modernist sensibility that the hero sometimes has to make hard decisions. Yeah, the hero, the hero can kill sometimes or does kill. have to kill. Yeah. yeah. The hero, I mean, the hero can still be a hero when he chops off Magneto's head, when he slices Sabretooth to pieces. The hero is still the hero 
when, you know, he stabbed North Star in the heart, killing North Star. Luckily, he got better. And, you know, two years later, North Star is working for him at the at the Xavier Institute. Mm -hmm. This is a a new expectation and a character who really, for a lot of people, I think is as much the superhero as your Spider-Man, your Superman, your Batman. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a good uh, explanation, I guess, for it in that that sense. Um, But we hadn't seen uh, Wolverine kill before this. Wolverine had, I, I know that he had killed, I believe the first time he killed was a huge honking deal. Yeah. And there was a lot of Cyclops going, no, you are bad. You are a bad hero. You are not a hero. We do not kill for we are X-Men, blah, blah, blah. I see. But this is, this is, I think, the first time when you really have that central perspective being a character who says, if it comes down to it, I'll kill my girlfriend's father for a greater good. Yeah. Or... Even if I, I don't know if it's a greater good, maybe I just feel like it's a greater good. Maybe I'll I just stab feel my like, girlfriend. Maybe I just feel like dead. killing people's fathers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I could. I might come after your father and your that's father. When, that's when you get out killing to that cyber force storytelling. The we kill because well, the the guy who did it over there did it, and it seemed to sell comics. Right, 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 right. Not mentioning any names. Rip Claw. Did so you st- you still don't claw. care for this for the story, right, Zach? No. What about the art? Not so much of that either. How come? Uh, this is Frank Miller, the man who drew Batman and Batman again. I mean, that's cool that he did that. And the goddamn Batman. But, <laughs> oh, no, that was Jim Lee. But what we're, <laughs> but what we're talking about right now is, is, is the Wolverine. Right, right. And uh, a lot of it came from just the overall character looks. Yeah. Which Wolverine looks like a maniac in all this. Yeah. Um, Zach. Yes, Matthew. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, my friend. <laughs> yes, but sometimes a man has uh, mutton chops that are blue that stick out a yes. foot and a half. Yes. And wears a brown suit thing to you're kill very people. Young, so no, I ag- a- I mean I agree. I'm no, no, no. I'm not saying you're young to be condescending. I'm saying you're young to tell you something awesome about the art. Oh, okay. Until this point, Wolverine's claws had always been kind of round and pointy and curved. Yeah, like a rapier. Frank Miller draws them as little katana blades. As you see on the cover of that first issue, those little, you know, katana blades Mm -hmm. with it. That is the first time somebody has stylized the claws to where they weren't just like sharp and pointy. And that, I think, is part of the reason why the character, everybody was like, this guy's really cool. He doesn't just have claws. He's got little swords in his hands. Hmm. So that's that's the well, that does, that that does, that's the only thing I like about this. That does seem <laughs> significant. I will give you that. That seems that seems that seems important for moving on yeah. in comics. But the rest of the art, I don't really like. Yeah, it's OK, I guess. I'm, I wasn't particularly thrilled with it. I was trying to think if if Miller was super different when he did Daredevil. He had um, a different inker. He had uh, Klaus Jansen. Oh, that's right. And if you actually, some of the Daredevil issues that we've seen are mostly Klaus Jansen to where mm-hmm. Miller did breakdowns and Klaus, I love saying Klaus. Klaus, hello, yeah, yeah. Klaus. Yeah. Klaus Johnson, he finished the book entirely. Oh, yeah. Drew it Miller just inks. did the breakdowns, and not, Klaus not a, finished not a, the book. Not a tracer. Yeah. But 
Um, I want to say, when was he on? He was on Daredevil in like 82. For yeah, 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 yeah. And if you look at the facial expression on that first issue, mm-hmm. if you look at the facial expression on that first issue, that's like pure Miller facial expression. It kind of looks like the face that Bullseye has on the cover where he stabs Electra through the heart. Mm-hmm. But not through her clothes, because that would validate, invalidate the comics code authority. Of course it would. <laughs> you can stab her in the heart. We just can't see the blade coming out. Yeah, he only has to go halfway into the body to get the heart. Only well, really the, back about an part inch of her, the back part of her silken leotard is much, much, much more devastatingly powerful than the front part. Hmm. Rodrigo, did you like the art or not? There were times when I did and there were times when I didn't, honestly. I mean, it was I, it was kind of hit or, or miss for me. There's a there's a like um, Yukio's face goes through a lot of. Yes, it does. Stuff. There's um, some points where Yukio looks downright demonic. Yeah. Yeah. Like her 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 cheekbones kind of go crazy there for a while. And I was like, I am not into that. But there's a great scene where like Wolverine is like jumping out of a window and there's like a thousand ninjas coming yeah, yeah, at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that is that is so Wolverine, that is so Miller, and that is just so good. You know, yeah. it's like it's like blah, that's exactly what you want out of Miller's art. I, I will say that like I, weird boxy people fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that I did like anytime the hand were on yes. the page. Those are drawn, I think, exceptionally well because he uses a lot of things with lines with the wraps that go around their hand mm. that really makes them more dynamic, even when they're just standing there. But faces don't really work throughout, I don't think. Um, I don't know. He's got some interesting perspectives, especially when he's showing different locations and how he he likes to use high angle a lot in this piece. You know, climbing up, mm. looking down from a high spot. Uh, those kinds of things that I think are are interesting, but yeah, there's really nothing that's that super stand out that stands out about this about the art. It's just kind of there. And if I hadn't known that it was Miller beginning, I would not have realized that this was Miller until maybe the I think the fourth issue looks a little bit more Miller esque than than the first three. The cover art, I think, is more Miller. Than anything else for me. Okay. And that, I mean, that, that may be the fact that I've spent 30 years looking at these. Issues. Sure. I mean, these are, these are issues that anybody who works in a comic shop knows on site. You see that green issue. You're like, oh my God, it's Wolverine number three. I got 20 of those, but is there a number one? Mm. Then you go look for that red one where he's like, hey, come here. Come here. I want to cut you up or something. You know, it, when you see that issue in a box, that's the point where you have to raise your eyebrows in a quiet fashion and not let people know that you may have found a really, you know, meaningful and expensive for. So is Actually, number one really expensive? Yeah. Um, it's one of those books where depending on the condition it's in, you're going to run between about 30 and $80, depending. And if you actually look at that that first cover, Part of the reason is not just because of when it happened or it being the first Wolverine. It's that iconic image of Wolverine, you know, luring you to your death, basically. Mm, so okay. I, some people find that that particular cover to be somewhat attractive. Mm. I, I, I don't know. He's certainly not my type, but hey, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm going to bet that there's not a lot of tie 
between this series and the movie. I mean, except for the for the setting. Because yeah, if, for it being in Japan. Yeah, this one says, Summoned to Japan by an old acquaintance, Wolverine becomes embroiled in a conflict that forces him to confront his own demons. I bet you, I bet you it won't be like, oh, he already knows this woman, but I bet you, right. like, she'll be part she'll of be it. There. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll bet you even money that there's enough there to where people can call it an adaptation, because this story would make a good standalone movie. Yeah, it probably would. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So, overall, though... What is everyone's bottom line on this? Is this something to go out and read? Is this something that you would recommend? Is this something you would borrow from somebody? Zach, why don't we start with you? Personally, uh, I mean, at, listen after listening to Matthew and explaining why this set of issues is important from an art standpoint and then somewhat from a story standpoint, there might be a reason to read this if you are that comic book history guy that everyone knows and appreciates and loves now thank if you're, you for the appreciate you're welcome i now, thought you were going somewhere else and i was gonna <laughs> no <laughs> now if you aren't that guy which i most certainly am not i wouldn't recommend this i think there's probably better wolverine stuff out there if that's what you're wanting to get into than what is given here from claremont so, for me, this little stint of Wolverine would be a pass. Coming in 2017, Zach on comics. So, it, so as I go down the list here of uh, cast members, we've got Jean Grey makes an appearance. Right. Viper makes an appearance. Yukio, Yukio makes an appearance. Yukio's in this. Nuburo Mori makes Nuburo. an appearance. Uh, Shinjin Yoshida and Shinjin. Mariko makes an appearance. Dude, that's the cast of this book. Yeah, exactly. Is Noburo Hideki in it? Uh, da, 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 da. Noburo, that's who I said. No. Okay. I don't no, think Shinjin. I no, Noburo Mori is in it. Oh. So. Yeah, that's this book, man. I bet they're going to do some sort of adaptation of this book. Yeah, it has yeah. to. It has to. Mm-hmm. But they're going to put a definite article on it. That'll make it entirely different. The it's not Wolverine. just Wolverine. It's the Wolverine. An invisible Wolverine. <laughs> Matthew, what do you think about this? Is this a well, is this a must read? Is this something people need to go out and check out? Maybe even before they see the movie. There, I, I think that there there's a mixed answer for me because personally, I haven't had a whole lot of interest in this character since probably my late teens, simply because of what he became. Because Wolverine became that character who had no backstory, so every writer was free to add whatever backstory they wanted. And I really like the whole samurai conceit. And if you were going to say to me that every version of this has the X-Men 172 and 173, I would say yes, then it's a recommendation from me. But if there's a possibility that those stories, because frankly for me, I would rather read this whole story as drawn by Paul Smith who I think, you know, is for my eye, please don't think that I'm making fun of Miller to my eye, a, 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 an easier read, a superior artist, but it's an important story, historically speaking. So the part of me that says, you know, Zach, in 1982, Woodring with blah, 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 fish cakes. That part of me wants to say, yes, you should probably check this out. I would say this. If you know, you love Wolverine. If you know, you love Miller, absolutely go read this. If you're interested in, 
that transitional period from wisecracking Spider-Man to everybody has a gun and, uh, you know, frickin' Ripclaw, then probably, yeah, something you want to check out. If you know you have a problem with Wolverine and what Wolverine represents, then I would say stand clear. It's not necessarily a series that you have to go read. I'm going to bet if you're already a fan of Wolverine, you've probably already read this story. Is going to be my guess. That being said, 30 years down the line, I wish I could say that I agreed with you. That being said, The Adventures of Bob Snicked um, is just kind of that. It's just another story in in the in this character. And if you're going back in time to read this and you've never read it before, you might be like Zach disappointed. Um, you might look at it if you're a comics fan uh, from Matthew's perspective and say, hey, there's some there's some really cool things in here that you should check out from a historical perspective as far as comic books go. Um, if you're just a casual reader of Wolverine, I think it's I think it's entertaining, but don't look for any kind of deep, deep, deep meta stuff in here. It's a Wolverine story where he kills ninjas and um, ends up getting engaged to a girl. And there's a really cool cover where he has like a crossbow and lighting a cigarette. Yeah. Rodrigo, what about you wrapping it up for us? I think that this is a, a classic Wolverine story. If you like the cool guy with claw with claws who's a loner and is like super duper capable, then this is this is Wolverine 100%. So if you're into that, then check this out. Um, if you'd like some of like the other directions that Wolverine has been taken, because Wolverine at some point in his career has been taken in every direction, mm-hmm. then this might not be it for you. I mean, this is Frank Miller. This is like ongoing internal narrative that is like poetic and gritty. I'm the best I'm there is at what I do. The best there is at what I do. Because this I'm Batman. city screams. It is my city. She is my He's lover. Not she is my Jean Grey. It'd be cool. She did this first. Prior. Batman totally stole it from him. Yeah, that's Frank Miller. So, yes, there's there's a lot of that going on. So, I, I, which is not bad. You know, if that's if that's what you want, then check it well, out. I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, that is not bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right. I will say this. Uh, Daredevil. Um, Miller's Daredevil run is a better Wolverine than this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're into that, then by all means, check it out. If you if, if anything about this is going to is going to turn you off, like if you don't like the um, 80s, 90s style comics or anything like that, it's not going to hurt you to not read it. This no, it's part not, of the no. continuity is so far removed from what's going on right now that it almost doesn't matter. So it's not like if you want to see it from the historical point of like, Oh, this is when Wolverine got these claws. And this is when Wolverine started talking about himself in the third person. Mm-hmm. Then that's, then that's fine. But if you want it story wise, you're not going to miss anything. All right. Thank you, uh, Matthew. Thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you, Zach. for all being a part of the show this week. And listeners, if you want to check us out on some of our other shows, in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network, you definitely want to go check out Zach on film. Zach, what's that show about? That show is about me watching movies that I haven't watched yet that are important uh, to cinema as a whole. And we go in and we talk about them. And I get yelled at a lot. You don't get yelled at. <laughs> you might get, get yeah, talked actually, down Zach, to. You, you do Zach, watches, Zach watches a movie, gets yelled at for an hour. Yeah, there you it's, go. It's, and then I the watch. Of Zach on I film. go home. I cry. I call my mom, I eat a pint of ice cream, and then I watch next <laughs> week's movie. 
That's Zach on film. <laughs> so mean to me again, Mom. <laughs> That is and they were on a junkie monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, why don't you talk to us a little bit about uh, dueling reviews? Dueling reviews, ladles and jelly spoons, is when two fat guys pick up one comic and we say, what'd you like? I don't know, what'd you like? I don't know, what'd you like? Well, what'd you hate? And then we talk for half an hour. Uh, basically, Stephen and I have similar perspectives, but entirely different worldviews. And we each look at a comic and we compare what we liked and didn't like. And then we tell you whether you will love it. Or not. Indeed. This week, it's uh, Rocketeer Meets the uh, Spirit. Cannot wait to review that. You'll love it. <laughs> I'm sure I will, because it's got two characters that I really enjoy. You and I. Yeah. And finally, Rodrigo, what about uh, what about um, Critical Hit and Munchkinland? Uh, Major Spoilers has uh, expanded into gaming. So uh, we have two shows. One of them is Critical Hit. Uh, which is a real play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. What that means is uh, I am the dungeon master. I sit down, I play a game of Dungeons and Dragons with my cool friends and you guys listen to it and enjoy it. And I know if you never listen to it, I know that sounds terrible, but it's actually, <laughs> <Well done. laughs> but it's actually surprisingly enjoyable. I am, I am consistently amazed at how listenable a critical hit is. It's really, it's, it's really a trip. You guys, you guys should definitely check it out. Munchkin Land is a game that we play. It's a fan podcast for the Steve Jackson games, uh, game Munchkin, uh, which is largely based on getting other people to help you and then stabbing, stabbing them on in the back. Uh, we, uh, we Munchkin has a lot of expansions, all of which are themed to stuff like um, kind of a chopsaki movies or cowboys or D and D or stuff like that. So every every episode, you get to hear us make uh, hilarious jokes about the genre and also gang up to try to prevent Rob from winning. Yeah, yeah. And finally, uh, we also have Top Five. It's a show where we make lists about things. Why? Because everybody loves a list, so that's why we made the show. If you're looking for all of these shows, you can find them over at Majorspoilers.com or find them on iTunes. And you can even find the Master Feed. We've got another show that's exclusive only to the Master Feed. It's Wayne's Comics. Uh, One of our contributors sits down and interviews somebody at least once a week and then has maybe another short segment where he has some commentary with another person about uh, things that are going on in the industry. It's quite fun to listen to, especially if you're wanting to hear more from creators. That's Wayne's Comics. And you can find that in the Major Spoilers uh, Podcast Network Master Feed over at iTunes, as well as all of these shows individually over at iTunes, because we enjoy creating all of this content for you. One of the interesting things over at Nerdtacular is people is like, well, I only listen to Critical Hit. I haven't listened to any of your other shows. Tell you what, this week, take a moment and listen to some of our other shows. Maybe you'll find something that you like. Yeah. Yep. And so let's wrap this issue up then, Zach. Okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And most importantly, listeners, thank you for sharing this show with someone else. If you like what you hear, go tell someone else. That's how we grow. Next week, we're looking at Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. Why? Because we love Frankensteins and Wolverines and mummies, and we know that you do too, and we'll talk with you soon. Sorry about the fan. Oh, no, we love our fans. (laughs) If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Major Spoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. 
You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Batman's revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, wait, I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to keep up on all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king side throwing soldier. Copyright 2013.